The following program has been pre-recorded. There are no operators standing by to take your call. Hey, good Wednesday morning, everybody. Good Wednesday morning. And as you you have just heard, this is not a live show today. This show is being pre-recorded on Tuesday because... I did not want the results of the election to sway the direction of the show for Wednesday. So I decided to pre-record it because I want Mornings with Ken never to be political. Never to be political. But today's show is going to be as political as we'll ever get. And we won't be talking about Republicans versus Democrats or who the president is, even if we know by now, because I don't know, you know, this is recording ahead of time, so I don't know if there's a controversy and they're going to be counting votes for days or weeks on end. I don't know. That's why I wanted to pre-record this show. So I will not be biased one way or the other at all. So, but we are going to talk about, well, I don't know that we're going to talk about the United States or America or voting. We're, we're definitely not, not going to talk about politics. But I think I wanted to go over just a, a few things of my thoughts on dealing with the results, whatever the results are. And I have no idea. And uh, I'm not even tell you which side I might, might lean on one way or the other. But if you didn't get the results you had hoped for, we're going to talk about that. And if you did get the results for that you hoped for, the results you were wanting, we're going to talk about that too. But I'm not going to tell you any way how I feel one way or the other. But we are going to talk about what to do when you're feeling disappointed and how to um, accept victory uh, in a humble way. So that's going to be our two subjects, but I'll probably keep it kind of short because kind of this show is going to be kind of a musical tribute to America. And I don't, guys, don't take any song that I play, don't take it any particular uh, way, leaning left or right. If these, like I say, these songs are picked ahead of time. I have no idea what the results of the election are. This, you know, this is recording this on Tuesday. So, hey, I got no idea what's going to happen. Well, I have an idea what I think might happen, but I can't, I can't read the future. But, uh, oh, I know that moon's looking, that moon's looking pretty big tonight. The moon. So, hey, we're going to do that. We're going to talk about accepting things as they are the results one way or the other and I can't say I hope your side won because I don't know because then that would leave out the other side so (laughs) but we got to have a winner and we got to have a loser so we're going to talk about that so hey we'll jump right back into it right after this uh this short break
Ray Charles. Ray, Ray Charles, man. What a performer. What a performer. Hey, but welcome back. Welcome back. Like I said, we're going to talk about... Uh, hey, if, you're, if your candidate didn't win the election or even maybe if uh, something was on a ballot locally in your area and it didn't pass, we're going to talk about being disappointed. So here's a a few things. Here's about four things to think about. If your candidate or your levy or whatever didn't pass, here's four things. This is from Psychology Today. Psychology Today. Number one, accept that disappointment happens to everyone and it happened to you. So let's repeat that. 
Except that disappointment happens to everyone and it happened to you. It can be helpful to start by normal, normalizing the situation. No one gets through this life without disappointment. Some are bigger than others, but everyone experiences it. Know that you are in good company and accept the state as perfectly normal. No, I, th- I know that's kind of individualizing it to just uh, a single person, but hey, if you're disappointed because the, the election didn't go the way you wanted it to go, um, you know, it, 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 <laughs> in another four years, <laughs> you could have another chance to see it go the other way, but Disappointment is part of life. It is part of life. And uh, we need to accept that it happens. It is what it is. So, it is what it is. It happens and you can move on. Number two, instead of sitting in your state that you're in, once you've allowed yourself to acknowledge that you are in good company, start the process of reframing. Reframing means taking any situation and putting a more objective frame around it. It can be helpful at this step to actually write your disappointment down, like a journal. Record what happened by capturing it like a journalist. Be clinical. Trying to separate the emotion from what happened is helpful to getting some personal power back. So, write it down. I think that's, man, if when once uh, Mornings with Ken eventually ends and goes goes off the internet, um, I think that's going to be one thing you guys will remember from the show is journaling or writing things down. It's just helpful. So write your disappointment down. And just, and, and like I say, we're, we'll never talk politics on this show. But just say, your candidate Bob Smith. Just throw a name out there. He didn't win. Write that down. Write it down. Write it down. I'm disappointed Bob Smith didn't win the election. Okay, so so you you wrote it down. Now, be clinical. Try to separate the emotion from what happened to getting some personal power back. So in other words, okay, you're emotional because you, you put a lot of uh, thought and uh, you, you really cared for this leader and you believed in this particular leader and he didn't win. So you're emotionally caught up in this election, but let it go. Now frame it into, okay, this particular leader won, but it's not the end of the world separate the emotion from the fact, okay, the emotion is I'm very disappointed my candidate didn't win. 
the, the reframing it is, hey, how can I live my life still for my beliefs and my standards and not elect and not, uh, not allow this election to affect my life? Um, one, um, I want to say it was Howie, Howie Cheswick, who was a local radio host for many, many, many years, who's passed away now. He, he talks about, he talked about making your world smaller, making your world smaller in the sense of don't let the outside world dictate your happiness and don't let minimize government's effect on your life in any way you can limit government's effect on your life. Don't let government control who you are or your actions. Okay? Number three, change your self-talk. Instead of talking to yourself as if this was the worst thing that could happen, shift your language to something more powerful. It happened, and now I need to figure out my next steps. Or disappointment happens to everyone but it doesn't have to stop me from moving on. Or I'm disappointed, but who dictates, who dictates that I have to wallow in it? I can do something differently right now if I choose. Anytime you hear yourself say to yourself, it's the end of the world or I can't go on, I'm a terrible person. Allow these phrases to be a trigger to shift the talk to something more positive. It is not the end of the world, people. You don't have to wallow in it. Again, don't let the situation dictate what your actions are going to be. Don't and don't exaggerate the situation. It's never the end of the world. Okay, number four, make a plan, make a plan, having a way to move forward when you've been uh, disappointed and feel stuck is important. Don't make great grand plans. I'm going to move to Costa Rica and start another life (laughs) unless you have the will and the means to do so. Instead, start small. Set a goal of something you can accomplish and move confidently in the direction of it. Experiencing some form of accomplishment can send the message to your mind and your emotions that you can do it, so go ahead and do it. Now, this might be difficult to apply because this is very personal as if what you did was a mistake or you didn't get what you were after, but... Really, yeah, for one, don't make some crazy plans. You hear people say before in the past, oh, if so-and-so wins election, I'm moving to Canada. No, you're not. No, you're not. I mean, if you really have the money and you want to go to Canada, okay, that's up to you. But don't don't make knee-jerk reactions. So it's important not to 
make crazy plans just because of your disappointment. Okay? All right. Having said that, we're going to take a, a break. And on the other side, we're going to change things up again. So hang on. Yesterday, December 7th, 1941, a date which will live in infamy. The United States of America was suddenly and deliberately attacked by naval and air forces of the Empire of Japan. The United States was at peace with that nation and at solicitation of Japan, still in conversation with its government and its emperor, looking toward the maintenance of peace in the Pacific. Indeed, one hour after Japanese air squadrons had commenced bombing in the American island of Oahu, the Japanese ambassador to the United States and his colleague delivered to our Secretary of State a formal reply to a recent American message. And while this reply stated that it seemed useless to continue the existing diplomatic negotiations, it contained no threat or hint of war or of armed attack. It will be recorded that the distance of Hawaii from Japan makes it obvious that the attack was deliberately planned many days or even weeks ago. During the intervening time, the Japanese government has deliberately sought to deceive the United States by false statements and expressions of hope for continued peace. The attack yesterday on the Hawaiian Islands has caused severe damage to American naval and military forces. I regret to tell you that very many American lives have been lost. In addition, American ships have been reported torpedoed on the high seas between San Francisco and Honolulu. Welcome back. Welcome back. <clears throat> so, yeah. Hey, don't move to Canada if, you're, if your uh, guy doesn't win. <coughs> Excuse me. Pot on me. But, uh, yeah, or, you know, so many levies or local things on ballots, too. Yeah, don't get upset if the library thing didn't pass or, or whatever. Um, but also, don't boast if, you're, if your levy passed or your candidate won the local election or the guy you wanted for president won. Don't boast about it, you know. You know, boasting, it just leads to anger and, and uh, stirs up division. So whoever wins the presidential election, 
let it be. Let's not let's not boast about it. Um, you know, I like with the, there's a, I don't know much about this guy, William Gurnall. William Gurnall. He said, least doers are the greatest boasters. Least doers are the greatest boasters. So those that do the least usually boast the most. You know what? I found out from my life experience how true that is. That is, I don't know much about William Grinnell, but that statement right there, I'll back him 100%. The least doers are the greatest boasters. So true. So true. Um, another quote from Sherlisa Biles. Sherlisa Biles. I don't know much about her. Not familiar with the name. She says, there's no need to boast of your accomplishments and what you can do. A great man, a great man is known. He needs no introduction. So, uh, yeah, you know what? I mean, I, I know it's kind of applying to more uh, personal things. But, uh, yeah, there, there's no need to, there's no, let, you, let your accomplishments speak for themselves. There's no need to boast. There's no need to boast. And when you boast in society, um, like I say, all you're doing is stirring up division. I think some of the smartest things, um, smartest advice, you know, um, well, I mean, really, don't start a conversation with someone of the opposite view um, of yours just for the sake of, I mean, if you're going to have an intellectual conversation and you're going to keep it calm and, uh, yeah, you know, you're going to keep it calm and cool. Yeah. Okay. I can get that Two, Maybe you guys are friends and one's one side of the aisle, one's the other side of the aisle and you're going to have an intellectual conversation. Yes. But make sure it doesn't lead to losing a friendship or, just being divisive and being angry and voices start to raise. Yeah, uh, yeah. So don't do that. Don't do this. So, you know, and, and uh, there's some good biblical grounds for this too. Jeremiah 9.23. This is what the Lord says. Do not let the wise boast in their wisdom or the powerful boast in their power or the rich boast in their riches. Hmm, don't do that. James 4, 16, 17. As, as it is, you, you boast in your arrogant schemes. All such boasting is evil. If anyone then knows the good they ought to do and doesn't do it, it is sin for them. Psalms 10, 2-4. In his arrogance, the wicked man hunts down the weak who are caught in the schemes of devices. He boasts about the cravings of his heart he blesses the greedy and reviles the Lord. In his pride, the wicked man does not seek him. In all his thoughts, there is no room for God. Psalm, 70, Psalm 75, 4-5. I warned the proud, stop your boasting. I told the wicked, don't raise your fist. Don't raise your fist in defiance at the heavens or speak with such arrogance. So, you know what? 
That's some good stuff. The Bible knows what it's talking about. James uh, James 4, 13 to 15. I like this one. Look here. You who say today or tomorrow we're going to, to a certain town and we will stay there a year. We will do business there and we will make profit. How do you know what your life will be like tomorrow? Your life is like the morning fog. It's here for a while, then it's gone. What you ought to say is if the Lord wants us to, we will live and do this or that. Proverbs 27.1, don't brag about tomorrow since you don't know what the day will bring. You know, and that makes me think, just say, you know, your candidate won election. You still don't know what tomorrow's going to bring. Um, you don't know how things are going to work out. And if the other candidate won, the guy you opposed, if he wins, you don't know. You don't know if everything's going to be bad. You don't know what's going to be bad or good. You don't know how the, if you're worried about the economy, how the economy's going to react, or if you're, whatever, whatever you're worried about. Um, God's, God handles all that. Yeah, you know, should you vote? Yes, you should. You should vote. And uh, do your civic duty. Get out there and vote. But after that, God's got it. God's got it. And like I said earlier, in some aspects, make your life smaller. I know in today's times when we're talking about globalization and community, um, but what I mean by that is make your world smaller. Don't let government control your life. Don't do it. Do what you can to take care of you in a sense of not relying on certain laws being passed or not being passed. Live your life doing what you can control. So, but I use the phrase, make your world smaller. So that's what I mean by that. And I have to give credit to Howie Chesick who uh, said that. So, yeah, I'm not going to, I'm not going to be worried. Like say, um, I'm recording this program before the election results. So I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know who's going to win what. And I did this purposely because I didn't want to be swayed on this broadcast at all. So, hey, whoever, whoever wins tomorrow or the next day, whenever they figure out all the ballots, who knows, sometimes you know how that goes. They take a day or two before they want to finalize it. <laughs> but uh, I'm not going to worry about it. You know what? I trust in, I trust in God. And uh, whatever this leads to, it leads to. Whatever, what, whatever happens, I'm going to trust God that uh, he's got my back. And uh, I'll do what I can. I will serve him. And then, um, yeah, we're, we're not going to, we're not going to get too overly worried as the Bible says. I don't know what tomorrow's going to bring, but I'm just going to trust in God. I'm just going to trust in God. So, <sighs> so I hope you guys are, uh, are feeling good. Hope you guys aren't down or depressed or hope you guys aren't too, uh, overly joyful. <laughs>
if if you are overly joyful because your candidate won, won, keep it to yourself. Don't bug the next guy next to you at work. Um, you know he's probably down in the dumps. So don't don't bother the guy next to you at work. Um, it's yeah 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 I. <laughs> oh, I want to tell a story, but it would be inappropriate in case those people are listening. But uh, I will say, Don Smith, my buddy Don Smith, hey, just in case the person you voted for didn't win, it's going to be okay, Don. It's going to be okay. You can start taking those political signs out of your yard now. <laughs> Sorry, private conversation with a good friend of mine. But, uh, oh, man. So, hey, I, I'm sorry. I got distracted. Someone was sending me a text. So, I don't know. I guess, I guess I'll, I'll, we'll, we'll get going here. Um, get some other stuff done. So, why don't we, I'm going to leave you guys with just a little uh, political, uh, I don't say that, patriotic songs and maybe some uh, little audio from different uh, presidents. Because please remember, we're all Americans together. We're all Americans together. Let's, let's fight for each other. Let's live for each other. Let's work for each other. Let's help each other. And let's be kind and loving towards each other. So just sit back if you want to. It's just going to be some random clips of different presidents and a little patriotic patriotic music. So I'll get going. Let you guys get going. If you want to stick around and hear some of that, you're, you know, please do. But other than that, we'll see you tomorrow. Love you guys. God bless. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. What can I do for my country? For all the things she's done for me. She gave me equal rights, priceless liberty, the right to worship as I please and choose what I may be. Keep our country free The line would circle round the world If they were on parade A debt so overwhelming It could never be repaid What can I do for my country For all the things she's done for me Gave me equal rights Priceless liberty The right to worship as I please And to be what I may be What can I do?
is the Bible used in the inauguration of our first president in 1789. And I have just taken the oath of office on the Bible my mother gave me just a few years ago, opened to a timeless admonition from the ancient prophet Micah. He has showed thee, O man, what is good. And what doth the Lord require of thee but to do justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with thy God? This inauguration ceremony marks a new beginning, a new dedication within our government and a new spirit among us all. A president may sense and proclaim that new spirit, but only a people can provide it. Two centuries ago, our nation's birth was a milestone in the long quest for freedom. But the bold and brilliant dream which excited the founders of this nation still awaits its consummation. I have no new dream to set forth today, but rather urge a fresh faith in the old dream. Ours was the first society openly to define itself in terms of both spirituality and human liberty. It is that unique self-definition which has given us an exceptional appeal, but it also imposes on us a special obligation to take on those moral duties which, when assumed, seem invariably to be in our own best interest. You have given me a great responsibility to stay close to you, to be worthy of you, and to exemplify what you are. Let us create together a new national spirit of unity and trust. Your strength can compensate for my weakness. I was in a land of cotton. Old times there are not forgotten. Look away, look away, look away. Dixieland. Sing it, fellas.
because here in this land we unleash the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Freedom and the dignity of the individual have been more available and assured here than in any other place on earth. The price for this freedom at times has been high, but we have never been unwilling to pay that price. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery, with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom.
each one of those markers is a monument to the kind of hero I spoke of earlier. Their lives ended in places called Bellow Wood, the Argonne, Omaha Beach, Salerno, and halfway around the world on Guadalcanal, Tarawa, Porkchop Hill, the Chosin Reservoir, and in a hundred rice paddies and jungles of a place called Vietnam. Under one such marker lies a young man, Martin Treptow, who left his job in a small town barber shop in 1917 to go to France with the famed Rainbow Division. There on the Western Front, he was killed trying to carry a message between battalions under heavy artillery fire. We're told that on his body was found a diary. On the flyleaf, under the heading, My Pledge, he had written these words. America must win this war. Therefore, I will work, I will save, I will sacrifice, I will endure. I will fight cheerfully and do my utmost as if the issue of the whole struggle depended on me alone. We must realize that no arsenal or no weapon in the arsenals of the world is so formidable as the will and moral courage of free men and women. It is a weapon our adversaries in today's world do not have. It is a weapon that we as Americans do have. Let that be understood by those who practice terrorism and prey upon their neighbors. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. Harnessing the unused talent of the elderly and the unfocused energy of the young, for not only leadership is passed from generation to generation, but so is stewardship. And the generation born after the Second World War has come of age. I've spoken of a thousand points of light of all the community organizations that are spread like stars throughout the nation doing good. We will work hand in hand, encouraging, sometimes leading, sometimes being led, rewarding. We will work on this in the White House, in the cabinet agencies. I will go to the people and the programs that are the brighter points of light, and I'll ask every member of my government to become involved. The old ideas are new again because they're not old. They are timeless. Duty, sacrifice, commitment, and a patriotism that finds its expression in taking part and pitching in. Our democracy must be not only the envy of the world, but the engine of our own renewal. There is nothing wrong with America that cannot be cured by what is right with America. Good evening. 
Today, our fellow citizens, our way of life, our very freedom came under attack in a series of deliberate and deadly terrorist acts. The victims were in airplanes or in their offices, secretaries, businessmen and women, military and federal workers, moms and dads, friends and neighbors. Thousands of lives were suddenly ended by evil, despicable acts of terror. The pictures of airplanes flying into buildings, fires burning, huge, huge structures collapsing, have filled us with disbelief, terrible sadness, and a quiet, unyielding anger. These acts of mass murder were intended to frighten our nation into chaos and retreat. But they have failed. Our country is strong. A great people has been moved to defend a great nation. Terrorist attacks can shake the foundations of our biggest buildings, but they cannot touch the foundation of America. Where were you when the world stopped turning on that September day? Were you in the yard with your wife and children or working on some stage in L.A.? Did you stand there in shock at the sight of that black smoke Rising against that blue sky Did you shout out in anger and fear for your neighbor Or did you just sit down and cry Did you weep for the children who lost their dear loved ones Pray for the ones who don't know Did you rejoice for the people who walked from the rubble And sob for the ones left did you burst out with pride for the red, white, and blue? And the heroes who died just doing what they do? Did you look up to heaven for some kind of answer? And look at yourself and what really matters? I'm just a singer of simple songs. I'm not a real political man. I watch CNN, but I'm not sure I can tell you the difference in Iraq and Iran. But I know Jesus and I talk to God, and I remember this from when I was young. Faith, hope, and love are some good things he gave us, and the greatest is love. Stop turning on that September day Teaching a class full of innocent children Or driving down some cold interstate Did you feel guilty cause you're a survivor? In a crowded room did you feel alone? Did you call up your mother and tell her you loved her? Did you dust off that Bible at home? Did you open your eyes hope it never happened? Close your eyes and not go to sleep. Did you notice the sunset the first time in ages? Speak to some stranger on the street. Did you lay down at night think of tomorrow? Go out and buy you a gun. 
Turn off that violent whole movie you're watching and turn on I Love Lucy reruns. Did you go to a church and hold hands with some strangers? Stand in line and give your own blood. Did you just stay home and cling tight to your family? Thank God you had somebody to love. Simple songs. I'm not a real political man. I watch CNN, but I'm not sure I can tell you the difference in Iraq and Iran. But I know Jesus, and I talk to God, and I remember this from when I was young. Faith, hope, and love are some good things He gave us, and the greatest is love. Songs. I'm not a real political man I watch CNN But I'm not sure I can tell you The difference in Iraq and Iran But I know Jesus and I talk to God And I remember this from when I was young Faith, hope, and love are some good things He gave us And the greatest is love greatest is love, and the greatest is love. Where were you when the world stopped turning on that September day? possibilities of this nation. I stand here knowing that my story is part of the larger American story, that I owe a debt to all of those who came before me, and that in no other country on earth is my story even possible.
teacher that I had. Now, I only, I went, I went through the seventh grade. I went to the seventh grade. And I left home when I was 10 years old because I was hungry. And I used to, this is, this is true. I work in the summer and I go to school in the winter. But I had this one teacher. He was the principal of the Harrison School in Vincennes, Indiana. To me, this was the greatest teacher, a real sage of, of my time, anyhow. He had such wisdom. And we were all reciting the Pledge of Allegiance one day. And he walked over, this little old teacher, Mr. Laswell was his name. Mr. Laswell, he says, uh, he says, I've been listening to you boys and girls recite the Pledge of Allegiance all semester. And it seems as though it's becoming monotonous to you. If I may, may I recite it and try to explain to you the meaning of each word. I, me, an individual, a committee of one, pledge, dedicate all of my worldly goods to give without self-pity, allegiance, my love and my devotion to the flag, our standard, O glory, a symbol of freedom, wherever she waves, there's respect because your loyalty has given her a dignity that shouts freedom is everybody's job united that means that we have all come together states individual communities that have united into 48 great states 48 individual communities with pride and dignity and purpose all divided with imaginary boundaries, yet united to a common purpose, and that's love for country. And to the Republic, Republic, a state in which sovereign power is invested in representatives chosen by the people to govern. And government is the people, and it's from the people to the leaders, not from the leaders to the people for which it stands. One nation, one nation, meaning so blessed by God, indivisible, incapable of being divided with liberty, which is freedom, the right of power to live one's own life without threats, fear, or some sort of retaliation and justice, the principle or qualities of dealing fairly with others, for all, for all, which means, boys and girls, it's as much your country as it is mine. And now, boys and girls, let me hear you recite the Pledge of Allegiance. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands. One nation, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Since I was a small boy, two states have been added to our country and two words have been added to the Pledge of Allegiance under God. Wouldn't it be a pity if someone said that is a prayer and that would be eliminated from schools too?
with you today in what will go down in history as the greatest demonstration for freedom in the history of our nation. Five score years ago, a great American in whose symbolic shadow we stand today signed the Emancipation Proclamation. This momentous decree came as a great beacon light of hope to millions of Negro slaves who had been seared in the flames of withering injustice. It came as a joyous daybreak to end the long night of their captivity. But 100 years later, the Negro still is not free. 100 years later, the life of the Negro is still sadly crippled by the manacles of segregation and the chains of discrimination. 100 years later, the Negro lives on a lonely island of poverty. I have a dream that one day this nation will rise up and live out the true meaning of its creed. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal. Join hands. 
to a beautiful symphony of brotherhood. With this faith, we will be able to work together, to pray together, to struggle together, to go to jail together, to stand up for freedom together, knowing that we will be free one day. Sweet land of liberty of thee I sing, land where my fathers died, land of the pilgrims cry, from every mountainside, let freedom ring, and if America is to be a great nation, this must become true, so let freedom ring, from the prodigious hilltops of New Hampshire, let freedom ring, from the mighty mountains of New York, Let freedom ring from the heightening Alleghenies of Pennsylvania. Let freedom ring from the snow-capped Rockies of Colorado. Let freedom ring from the curvaceous slopes of California. But not only that, let freedom ring from Stone Mountain of Georgia. Let freedom ring from Lookout Mountain of Tennessee. Let freedom ring from every hill and molehill of Mississippi. Every American heart And it's time we stand and say 
I walked through a county courthouse square on a park bench, an old man was sitting there. I said, your old courthouse is kind of run down. He said, no, it'll do for our little town. I said, your old flagpole has leaned a little bit, and that's a ragged old flag you got hanging on it. He said, have a seat. And I sat down. Is this the first time you've been to our little town? I said, I think it is. He said, I don't like to brag, but we're kind of proud of that ragged old flag. You see, we got a little hole in that flag there when Washington took it across the Delaware. And it got powder burned the night that Francis Scott Key said, watching it right and say, can you see? And it got a bad rip in New Orleans with Packingham and Jackson tugging at its seams. And it almost fell at the Alamo beside the Texas flag, but she waved on, though. She got cut with a sword at Chancellorsville, and she got cut again at Shiloh Hill. There was Robert E. Lee, Beauregard, and Bragg, and the south wind blew hard on that ragged old flag. On Flanders Field in World War I, she got a big hole from a Bertha gun. She turned blood red in World War II. She hung limp and low a time or two. She was in Korea, Vietnam. She went where she was sent by her Uncle Sam. She waved from our ships upon the briny foam, and now they've about quit waving back here at home. In her own good land here, she's been abused. She's been burned, dishonored, denied, and refused. And the government for which she stands is scandalized throughout the land. And she's getting threat there, and she's wearing thin, but she's in good shape for the shape she's in. She's been through the fire before, and I believe she can take a whole lot more. So we raise her up every morning, we take her down every night, we don't let her touch the ground, and we fold her up right. On second thought, I do like to brag, cause I'm mighty proud of that ragged old.
Hands and hands. 